Welcome back to Survivor at Home, the podcast. My name is Jordan alongside Andrew Ironside here, and we are breaking down episode eight of Survivor season 42. And we want to welcome in our guest host, former Survivor at Home contestant from season four, Tori Smith. Tori, welcome in. How are you today? Thanks. I'm doing good. Good. And as we like to do with every former Survivor at Home contestant, ask you a little bit about your experiences and something, my favorite question is just something strategy-wise you learned from playing Survivor at Home or realized could have you could have done better from Survivor at Home. Okay, yeah. I mean, wow, it was quite the experience for sure. I feel like I went into it and not really knowing what to expect, um, but had a blast. I think moving forward, like if I went back on and play, could relive what I experienced, I would be a little bit less spastic. I think I just kind of went the like the path of least resistance of like, okay, who's going to align with me? Sweet, awesome. And I didn't really like question that or think like, I don't know, who could I work with? And then once I had sort of established who I was in alliance with, um, I think there was some options of like, oh, maybe I could work with them. But I just assumed that everyone was going to be out to get me. <laughs> so I was kind of hesitant. So I think I'd be a little more, I don't know, maybe a little more daring next time, but it was a blast. It was so fun. Awesome. Well, it's good to have you on, Tori. And a question that I know the audience is wanting to know, are you, Tori, a fan of Tori on this season? I just like, <laughs> just by default, I'm going to cheer for yes. Tori. Honestly, when I first heard, I was like, oh, there's another Tori. Sweet. I have to root for her for sure. But listening to the podcast, Andrew, like, I feel like I had a very similar um feeling as you where I was like I don't know I'm just like not getting a good vibe I don't know what it is I like I couldn't pinpoint it maybe it was like all of her eye rolls like she always the camera would like pan to her and she would just be like so dramatic about um different people that she was kind of rubbing shoulders with um mm -hmm. but she's growing on me and she's like she's showing up and she's been on the chopping block since like the beginning so I kind of feel this oh maybe I'm actually rooting for her now and we're both Tories so like exactly. and I think even spell the name the same way too so yeah I mean I'm similar to you I agree that uh, the eye rolls there's something about her just rubbing the wrong way and, and I feel like each episode yeah she's growing on me she's her back up against the wall and she wins again a second challenge the only one to wear the individual uh, immunity necklace so far and so yeah, good on her. You know, like you got to prove the haters wrong in this game and, and kind of change the storyline. And she's doing that. And again, if she gets, if she can get to the end, I wonder if she can even use that. If she's kind of mature in her, in her self-awareness enough to even use that as part of her pitch to say, look, I realize I came across a little bit this way, bumped up and against certain players, but I, I pivoted and really fought when I had to and made new alliances. And Hey, like you never know the, the, the Alliance. And I'll just say my daughter, it's her first season watching with us. She, from the very beginning, was like, I, I like Tori as well. So you got a Team Tori supporter there. Um, wanted to just say a couple uh, exciting announcements. We are, by the time that you are listening, wherever you are, in your car, uh, on, on your commute, if you're at home, if you're doing dishes, if you're getting dinner ready, uh, thank you for listening to the Survivor at Home podcast. While you're listening to this episode, we will be passing the milestone of 2,000 plays on the podcast, which is a pretty big deal, a pretty big milestone for us. And we just want to thank each of you listening at home for making this possible, for contributing, for the feedback, for the questions, and of course, the guest hosts each week that make this fantastic. So we just wanted to shout that out, helping us blast past 2,000 plays, Tori. You're going to keep us in line tonight, and we thank you uh, for doing that. 
and we have another little thing that we want to oh just one thing on the 2000 plays one yeah i also want to say thank you to everyone that listens and interacts with us but that's 2000 plays on just over 20 episodes that's uh right we've we would have had about 14 or 15 from last season this is mm-hmm. our eighth uh, seventh episode from this season plus a bonus step yeah you said Alex. sorry so you said just, seventh episode or you said eighth episode but isn't this the seventh this is the seventh of this season so i stumbled on that and then i realized yeah this is the seventh of this season plus alex plus we had 13 or 14 from the first season so just over 20 episodes 20 somewhere around 22 23 and uh and 2000 listens thank you to everyone who's been supporting us that's a really cool milestone to hit it is yeah. So thank you for tuning in. Um, and I guess, like you said, Jordan, last week's episode was the double, like the two hour episode on TV. So some people would say that technically is two episodes. So you could say we're episode eight, but for just our tracking purposes, yeah. this is yeah. episode seven. Um, and yes, wanted to do something exciting here. We, If you listened to the very end of the podcast last week, Tori, first of all, did you listen to the very end, the bitter end? <laughs> I did. I didn't submit though, but I feel like it was something about a burrito. Wait, purple burrito? I I don't remember. Okay. I did like- <laughs> and what else? All right. Purple was there any? And yes, there was two oh, things. Man. We're gonna we're gonna be kind here. We you, you can barter with us in the spirit of Jeff Probst. <laughs> <laughs> it was another color or a food. Yeah, it a was. Yes. It, it yes. was green. No. It wasn't green. Oh, blue. Green. It wasn't blue. Okay, I'm just grasping at straws now. You know what? Because you're a, a gracious guest and you're, you're going to yeah. get us over this 2,000 listen milestone, we're going to be gracious to you and let you to be in the draw as well. So yes, if you listen to the bitter end of last week's episode, which was longer than usual, in part because guest host Luke rambles on, but also because it was a two-hour episode, we, at the very end, threw out a couple code words. And we said, if you've made mm-hmm. it this far, we want to thank you for getting right to the last bit of this podcast and we threw out yes purple burrito and brown ritz was the other one brown ritz so you were right a color and a food and we said if you if you send us that information the code words reach out to us we're going to enter you in a draw for a ten dollar starbucks gift card so i'm going to oh go ahead shout out shout out to all the different ways that people sent it to the two of us there was the two of us being tagged in facebook comments two of us being texted or messaged individually we got thrown into multiple group chats with each other there were a couple of different ways for people to get in contact with us both letting us know that um that they wanted to enter this draw but here we are the wheel of death everyone's favorite thing from survivor at home is ready to spin and let's see whose name it lands on Yes, this is the wheel of death. Very traumatic for those who played Survivor at home. They'll know what it is. Uh, let's shuffle it once. What do you think, Tori? Once more? Yep. Okay, we're going to shuffle it two times and we're going to spin the wheel to see who wins the $10 Starbucks gift card for being a faithful listener right to the bitter end. And it is Lynette. Lynette at home, season two. Three? My three, forget. season three. I won season, season two. Lynette won season three. Right. Season three. Uh, Lynette, congratulations. The $10 Starbucks wow. gift card is yours. You live far away, so we're going to have to figure out how to get that to you, but <laughs> I'm sure we will make it work. So again, you thank you, everyone. For yeah. Sorry, I'm sure you can do a virtual card of, of yeah. some sort here. It is 2022. It is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the last thing before we jump into the episode is just uh, acknowledgement that the audience questions are coming in. We have three again this week that we're going to just place in the episode to ask 
based on your questions uh, at home. If you ever have a question, you can engage with us on Twitter at Survivor at Home. You can go to the website, survivoratHome.com. There's a podcast section. And we'd love for your comments, your feedback. And specifically, if you have a question for us on the podcast, it could be anything. It could be about Tori's uh, you know, favorite player. It could be about brown rice or brown ritz, whatever you want to be, or something specifically on the episode. And we'll try to bring that up and address it as the hosts. Okay, that's a lot of rambling for me. Tori, anything else about Survivor at Home or just your experience of watching this season so far, like early impressions? What do you, what do you got to say before we dive into this episode? Oh, man. Um this one's interesting because I feel like there are a lot of people that I'm rooting for. Like I just, I'm, I'm excited to see it unfold in a different way than past seasons. Cause in the past, I feel like I've always had sort of like one person that I'm rooting for and it's like that all the way. And with this one, I feel like I would truly be happy with multiple, multiple outcomes of, of the season. So it's kind of interesting to watch for sure. So we actually have a question from the audience that kind of addresses this. So we might as well bring it up now. Uh, this is from Luke. Uh, Luke, who was on last week, and he asked about if it came to the final travel council tonight, who would you think deserves to win the most? And because I, I agree with you, I think there are so many strong contenders. And Steph and I were watching them last night and just saying there are a ton of solid players here. But yeah, Tori, who, who do you think? Yeah, okay, might so have a strong I, pitch at the end. I was thinking about this, and I'm like, man, there's so many different directions you could go because, like, once like the first person I thought it was Drea who plays it seems like a very similar game to Alex Street because she has this arsenal of stuff she's like look at all these like awards uh, or sorry immunity idols and advantages and all that stuff so I'm like that that's impressive I look at obviously Jonathan who's just been like carrying his team and winning all of these challenges so like that's notable um and then Mike I just Mike to me has been someone who just has been so loyal he hasn't had to sort of backstab anyone and he's like very easily gotten people to align with him like he's like shown just like a true emotion and, and concern for other people that I think has drawn opposite tribe members in so his social game to me is is pretty strong but I'm also feeling like I am rooting for Lindsay so those were kind of like the four I'm like I don't know how I break this down mm -hmm. and then there's like the underdog of Tori how she like switched everything so there's just all these people that come to mind and I'm like those are probably the ones that I'm I'm I'd be happy with any of those options and even Omar right Canadian Omar oh, as well no. just playing I didn't know what kind of game he would play and he as he's even in this last couple episodes it, I said to Steph it's almost like he's getting a winner's edit like just he's really seen as being mm -hmm. significant and creating these conversations and being in touch with so many pieces uh moving pieces and and all the different contestants so it really is one of those seasons where initially it's like who who is this cast getting to know them and then in the last couple episodes it's like holy crap there are many there are quite a few people who i could see winning this game at yeah. this point and very few who wouldn't win what about you jordan so i'm going to take this answer two ways there's if the contestants right now voted, there's who I think they would vote for. And then there's who I think should win based on just my perception of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so the person I think they would vote for is, I think they would vote for Mike. Every single, Mike seems to be someone who every single time you talk to him, you appreciate him more. Every time we hear from him, every episode, we appreciate Mike even more. Like sometimes, for example, earlier in the season, we saw Jonathan over the course of days on end with Marianne got a little bit annoyed by her, just her, she's great, she's bubbly, but 
she's a lot. And he was like, I'm getting annoyed by this right now. Can we come to, but no one has that around Mike. He just is more appreciated as he goes. Um, I think they would vote for Mike to win in this moment who I think should win or who I would kind of vote for winning. I am a big fan of what Drea is doing. She's got great alliances. She wanted, she had a great quote in this episode um, about how she, she aligned with Romeo, but now he's playing a sporadic game. And if, if she's got to vote him out because it doesn't work for her game, so be it, even though that's someone that she wants to trust as long as she can, it's not going to help her to keep someone like that around. So um, I think she's playing a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. And um, well, she even said at the end in tribal, like I, if my, I think it was my mom was here listener listening in, she would say, this is not your family. Like it's been, what is it? 16 days. Like you play for yourself. And so she, even just mm-hmm. that awareness of, yes she has the relationships but just willingness to cut anyone out for her for her prize money right to be the champion and survivor she's right up there for sure in the in the top but yeah and she had a great moment in this episode where she's pulling out all the all those uh the idols and the advantages that she's gotten it reminded me of here's a callback to season 39 dean at the end of the game he wins individual i was looking this up so this is how i remember this now i was looking this up a few minutes ago he wins individual immunity at final five and goes into a confessional and he's got individual immunity i think he had an idol nullifier and he had a, a hidden immunity idol as well and he holds all three up and goes mama look at me now and i was like that's Drea in that moment holding up all her different advantages look at me now look what i've done out here and um yeah it was just really cool to watch and can She's- she make it like can she use them well that's the question yeah. right and we've seen in survivor at home even yeah. some players including my own sister finding all these idols and advantages but that's just not being able to pull it off or use it at the right time so and if you're and is your is her target too big too early right right if right. people find it but like, she she seems more than most one who's keeping it close to her chest and she's not she she is telling, although as sure. we'll get to talking about she may have got caught literally red-handed uh <laughs> this episode so we'll see what she does with that but uh, let's Jordan jump us into the episode and, and yeah. what we're seeing. What about wait a second, Andrew? What about your what about your winners? Oh man, I mean, I, I agree with what has been said. I, I I looked at the list last night. Mike, Drea, uh, Drea number one for sure. Um, Mike, uh, Jonathan, like how could you not count him yeah. in? Omar, just again the way he's playing his game. Tori again, as we're saying, just being able to pivot and th- we already talked about that, but just seeing her gameplay. Um, like high still kind of in the running. I think he's kind of dropped a few points in my opinion, the last couple of weeks in terms of his emotion, getting the better of him uh, a bit, but there are, it's, it's hard to call, but if, I mean, to Luke's question, you have to pick one. I'll say Drea right now for sure. It's also crazy how like this season is so different at this point. Last season, we were still making fun of the edit and how we had no idea what Erica was doing. We had no idea what Heather was doing. We heard nothing from them. Meanwhile, we have a significant storyline, I think from everyone still left in the game, including the vote, including the vote from uh, this episode. We have a significant, we've gotten to know all of these characters. We actually see them versus last season. There were your Shan, Ricard, and others who got huge edits. Um, Deshaun got a big edit as well, Danny, and then a couple of people who were just hidden in the background, most notably one that we never bring up her name on the podcast, but Heather and Erica as well was hidden until the last couple of episodes and then ended up winning the season. But that's just not the case this season. They don't have that that same edit. So it's a different uh, 
different feel. But anyways, as per normal, we go back into camp and Mike is breaking down what happens. More good edit for Mike. Oh man, he gets he gets such a good edit just throughout this season. He's breaking down what happened. Um, he knows that Tori and Chanel end up on the wrong side of the numbers, and he's good with that because he does not want Chanel around. She, the constant storyline right now is she betrayed his trust, and so he's see ya. Like I don't want you around if you're going to betray my trust like that. Um, and Chanel gets her wake up call. Um, she was not in on that vote. She was blindsided, even though she didn't get voted out in the last vote, and um, is realizing. I think she said something along the lines of. I thought I was playing chess when everyone else was playing checkers and it turns out I'm playing checkers and they're all playing chess right now. And um, yeah, it's just like, what do you do? Tori, did you, what do you think about someone who's coming back from tribal council? I am outside of the vote. What do I have to do? What, what are my next steps? Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're scrambling them, but to me, it's like, you have to go to the people who you think are also on the outs, right? So you got to be collecting all those people. You got to go to Tori. You got to go to Romeo. You got to go to all the people, Marianne, anyone who you're feeling like is on the outs, right? And get something together because you're, if you can get those numbers, there's a foursome right there. And maybe you convince, can convince someone. I mean, Omar to me seems like someone who you could really tug at his heartstrings. Like even the way he stepped out for the challenge when Marianne started crying, like, I'm just like, he might be one that you could lure in. I don't know, but you just got to start there with get those people together. I'm always interested when they, we see an episode where someone is probably one of the targets. And they say, well, I'm just not going to give up. And you think like, well, how many ways out of this hole is there? But many episodes, just as you said, Tori, they just work at it. They talk, they push, they look for an idol. It, I know it's partially the, the producing of the episode too, but you see that happen where players find a way out and just to not give up ever is incredible. I don't know if you found that even just playing Survivor at home, but just there is obviously luck. There's things that are outside of your control, but there does seem to be more like of a piece of a pie than people think that really you can take the game into your own hands and at least just give it everything you got if you think you're on the bottom. 100%. There are there are very, very few in the last 10 seasons of Survivor, maybe even longer, very few straightforward votes that you know what's going to happen. Everyone's on the same page and no one wavers at all the entire way, especially right after emerge these votes. Sometimes it happens because of a player will play themselves out or they want to go or, or whatever it might be, but it's so rare in this age of survivor. And this is a perfect, this episode will end up being a perfect example of it where we saw who the target was and that and a target ended up going home, but it was not straightforward at all for anybody um, on the way there. Marianne also quite upset she's at the bottom of the tribe um and she had something that was really interesting i had an experience I, I keep teasing this experience and we'll tease it a little bit more um i played in another version of survivor with the uh, fan of the podcast kel um running it and um and co he co-hosted as well and former survivor at home contestant three times i think um and i got voted out and there was just marianne saying I know it's a game. There's reasons why someone is at the bottom, but when you feel like you're at the bottom or in my case, you get voted out, it sucks. You feel like there's something wrong with you. And that's why people don't want to work with me. And I was, I was like, that's so such an interesting viewpoint because anyone can be at the bottom in survivor and what causes it is completely arbitrary in a case like this, where it's not because she's a bad person or anything like that. They just, 
the relationships that you build and and she for whatever reason her relationships make her feel like she's not in a great spot in the tribe and i i just was listening to her like that's completely relatable in a game in a game like this uh, that she's playing so i just thought um i thought wow that was that was pretty cool but also kind of looked at myself and i went that's i understand how that felt how did you feel tori playing i actually wrote the same note here jordan that she's sharing that emotion and the frustration and we've seen it in survivor at home where players get voted out and it's like this is just a game for like two nights it is intense it's crazy but honestly some people have been really upset about it and i i think i get it but i haven't played so tori like you having played did you have that personal experience do you does it connect with you at all that idea of like i'm actually hurt by this right now that you would go this route and not with me i don't think i felt that way like i was on the chopping block a few times before i actually got voted out and i didn't i didn't feel hurt but i i truly just was like I don't want to be voted out right now because I'd be so sad that I can't keep playing. Like that was like when you're in it and you just, I don't know, I was, uh, that was the part that would be the most devastating to me is just being like, you have to watch now. You don't get to play. Right. And I guess you made it pretty far in the game, which is different than someone maybe early on or just past the merge, just that sense of like, okay, they're all working together and I'm trying to get in and I can't. Yeah. It, would, it would be hard and like Marion's she goes she takes it personally right she's like this is uh, and that's a human response I think to say well am I like as a human being is there something that's not appealing whereas my response is maybe but maybe it's just like eight of them happened to talk and they got together although then the other side of the coin is someone like if you really were seen as a solid like really lovable person wouldn't someone advocate for you to say hey like we, we got to get Marianne she's just so friendly and like fun on this tribe we want her here so i get it i get the the wheels are spinning but just was curious yeah if you had experienced something but i guess you're heartless so that's okay (laughs) 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 okay the thing about marianne though is i i understand that people are frustrated with her just because they find her annoying and she talks a lot and that sort of thing to me that wouldn't be annoying the part that would be annoying to me is the lack of drive when push comes to shove like i will get to like the the i'm sure we'll talk about the uh, reward challenge but i don't know if you guys saw when she like jumped off the off the into the water right she just is like screaming like it was just ridiculous like it was i looked at them i was like i can't believe that she's making this sound right now are you saying sorry go ahead that's the part that I find like okay I understand that maybe this is scary to jump off into the water from that height maybe there's something that's causing you to scream but it's that part that to me would be annoying because I'm like you might not be the most athletic maybe you're nervous in the water but get your game face on like show the rest of your team that you're taking it seriously that you're putting in 110% effort to try to win this thing. So when she's like screaming and jumping off, I'm like, there, you've lost me. I can do right. with chatter all day long at the camp, but so, you gotta put your heart into it. Yeah, so what if she comes in and is the same personality, but is also a challenge beast and she's crushing that challenge and getting her team in the lead and just laughing and being giddy. Would you feel different about her? For you, is it like the results? Is that what you're saying? Or is it kind of that she doesn't seem to, it seems like she's not trying as hard as she could. 
it's not the result. She could lose every challenge. It's just the heart in it. Like I would be frustrated as a teammate if I feel like I'm putting all of it in trying to win these like these challenges and you're just like screaming and laughing as you jump off the thing. I feel like you're not like putting it into that competitive like next gear. Like that would be annoying to me. Right. Yeah, I would just be curious again if you it's a hypothetical because she's not this way, but imagine she was just doing that same giddy thing, but you're like, holy crap, she's like a Jonathan or or a Lindsay. Like Lindsay was incredible neck and yeah. neck with Jonathan. I, I just I'm pushing back a little bit, just wondering, yeah. would you maybe think a bit differently of her if it's like, okay, like she's quirky and fun and laughing, but holy crap, like she brings she, she also does that while bringing her A game. Oh. Yeah, it would depend on how that how that translates to shift the morale of the whole team. Like if you're being goofy and you're killing it and that's what it takes to get the team kind of into it and really trying, great. But if you're killing it and you're goofy and then everyone else is kind of goofy but not killing it, like it would really depend to me on how that translates to push the whole team to the next year. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I don't know, it would depend, yeah, on how that's re like received. Yep. That makes sense to me. Um, I wanted to highlight too, just that we saw a few of these conversations happen. They're really setting up this episode as kind of the breaking of the former alliances, the former tribes working together. So just pretty quickly, we did see Chanel and High talking together and they're no longer together. Then we see Romeo and Drea and, you know, they're like, well, we used to be together, but Drea is very intent, as you said, to get Romeo out, uh, Marianne and Lindsay, that conversation. So just Survivor production doing a good job and really setting us up for a kind of a next chapter after this merge. Yep. And then after that, so that's all right after the um, back at camp after tribal, they go into the morning and a cool moment where, again, Mike, great moment. He's learning from Omar, Omar and um, Omar, they showed us earlier in the season uh, he takes his prayer time um, and Mike wants to learn more about that from him and just get to know him on, on that level. And it, that's when you get to know someone on that level, like it spills into the game and it ends up being, they have a, a, a cool discussion. I think Omar said it was probably about an hour discussion mm -hmm. um, where Mike was just asking really good questions and learning. Cause he almost had zero idea about um, Omar's beliefs and religion. Um, yeah. I just, like something to really appreciate the, Obviously, you know, survivor castaways have to get to know each other really well. It's just them out there on an island for anywhere between five and 26 days now. It used to be um, 39, but uh, they have nothing but time to get to know each other. And it's cool that we now get to see a little bit of that and how yeah. they, they, they interact. And um, yeah, did you have any thoughts on that just before we move through? I yeah, I thought it was a really cool moment just to see them connecting. And I, I wrote down the quote because he said it better than I could. Uh, you know, so he said, we sit down and have a conversation for an hour. And Mike says, you know what? I realized that we all ain't that different after all. <laughs> I got the music, but I love, I love the way they're putting this together. And yeah, maybe it's just the world where the world is at right now, but these moments are very important reminders of humanity. And, and then Omar in turn says that, you know, Mike is, he's got a lot of uh, empathy. I think he says, you know, he could be someone, yeah. even I bond with long-term. So again, I don't think Mike's doing that at all strategically, but maybe it'll even benefit him in the game but yeah I, I i've said it before yeah go ahead Tor. what do you think you about don't that? think that all strategic like there's a part of me that's like oh he's like i don't know kind of like the daniel and mike genuine as, as it's coming across you never know yeah you know what I, I i don't think so i i think there are times like you know when daniel got called out for patting mike on the back and tribal council 
that did seem to me like, okay, this is very planned. It's true. What you're saying is an encouragement that you're going to be great friends after, but mm -hmm. the timing, whereas this one, I think, you know, they are just together for long periods of time doing nothing else. They don't have their phone. They're not doing other, other responsibilities. So as we've talked about before, there's something beautiful about this game where the players themselves are learning a lot about themselves and are having these real human interactions. And we, I think we learned, and it's important to say not everyone would do this. Like Omar rightly pointed out that Mike is humble in it. Like he's an older guy mm -hmm. relatively, and uh, he is willing to listen and learn. And as Omar says, not everyone would do that. Mm -hmm. Some people would literally like run away or go across to the other side of the street. If they see someone who's different than them, them, right? So sure. I mean, Mike's always playing the game. He's smart and we know that it couldn't hurt, but I think this is a genuine uh, moment yeah. for him, but maybe I just, and being too sappy for tonight so <laughs> <laughs> no and and as you alluded to before omer talks about in a confessional right afterwards that maybe mike is someone he can align with long term so even if mike isn't coming at it from a strategic point of view it's working out for him it's working out in his strategy not just not just in his personal like getting to know everybody and that's clearly who he is and a part he loves to get to know everyone around him but also it helps him strategy wise. He, another person that wants to work with him. Um, and then we get the reminder in case you forgot, tree mail is still a thing in survivor and they do get it before every tree event mail. that happens. Uh, we just don't see it anymore. Um, they get remind. And I, do, I'm not sure exactly why they showed us this tree mail, but I think we find out not too long after when they get told it's a reward challenge and childhood memory. And Jonathan immediately calls back and goes, oh, 18 eggs um, for Jonathan Veal. And I just thought, well done on Survivor to put those two, the 18 eggs originally from a couple episodes ago. Uh, and then again tonight, um, or I guess 18 eggs was last episode, wasn't it? It was. And then, uh, and then again tonight. I feel like Devin, by the way, would eat 18 eggs. I could see him no doing chance. that. <laughs> no? Well, did, did you guys see someone tweeted too that uh, – what did they say oh yeah they said hey i eat uh four thousand calories a day like jonathan but i don't look like him <laughs> the only way that Devin would eat that many eggs is if they were mini eggs that guy can pound mini eggs like nobody else okay for this the is... audience and for an uninformed co-host can we just define who Devin is oh sorry that's my husband who <laughs> okay. also works at camp so he knows Andrew and we were, Great. yeah, camping over there. And that, was, that was my guess. Contestant. That was my guess, but I needed to define yeah. that for myself and for the audience to make <laughs> right. sure we knew who you were talking about. This is a very important question. Sidebar, Cadbury mini eggs or the Hershey's eggies? Cadbury. Jordan? Hershey's. Ooh. The, yeah. the, are you talking about the Cadbury eggs with like the cream in them? No, no, no. No, no, no. The Jordan. mini eggs that oh. are just like... Oh, hold up a second. They, they're the, this is their, like, we've seen Cadbury mini eggs just dominate the market and small Easter chocolates for years, unless you're a big fan of the dollar store brand. And they, yeah, so Hershey's Eggies is their comparable oh, okay. like Pepsi no, no, and no. Coke. Cadbury, Cadbury mini Cadbury. eggs. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, it's Cadbury. It's not even close. It's Cadbury yeah. mini eggs. For yeah. a little while there, they had Cadbury eggs with Pop Rocks in them. Did you ever try those? That's too much. Ooh, oh my gosh, they were not. my absolute favorite. And they took oh. away. See, to my problem is I love Cadbury mini eggs. I find I can only eat a small amount or I'll feel really sick. That being said, mm -hmm. I literally ate a full like Costco bag last week for real. The whole thing <laughs> in a week I did. I have no self-control, but I prefer, I think the Hershey's eggies are 
better. And I think part of the reason is that I can eat more of them. They're just something as I'm eating more of them that I don't feel quite as gross. If like write us in, like we'll put this in the in the show notes because it's very relevant to Survivor. But I think people are gonna agree with me on this one. But we'll I'm open to being corrected. Now with this whole Costco bag, are you confident based on your Instagram story from earlier today that your children did not find them and stash them and eat them anyways? That is true. Yes. Did you see this Tori? Our daughter, I knew, I noticed some Easter chocolate was missing and I called them out on it this week. It's been a rough week. Steph's been, she has COVID. She's been isolating in her room. So I, I'm trying to go easy on them. But yes, the stash of chocolate, Easter chocolate is definitely lower. And I called them both on it and they lied to my face, those two children, just like a straight dirty lie to my face. And just tonight as we're putting them to bed, uh, my son, who's only five, comes running and he's, he's like laughing and, and he we look in the grate, like in the old grate in the inner the heater on the floor. It pops nice. out, and she's hidden like thirty wrappers in there. And so we <laughs> caught we caught her for this episode. We caught her red-handed as well, and called <laughs> her. And she just laughed like she didn't even deny it. She's like, "Yeah, I, I did that." Oh, and so, no. and so I told her the Easter Bunny isn't real. <laughs> uh oh! You better day. hope that Steve's kids are not listening. That's true. That's gonna be yeah. like whammo two, <laughs> ruined for his children. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man. Okay, we need to get back on track here. But this is a great conversation. I, um, where were we, Jordan? You're, you're so we get stuff. yeah, that's good. We get to the rewards challenge, and Jeff breaks the fourth wall and tells us about the hidden beware advantage on the sit out bench. And then they do a draw for rocks and Marianne's going to sit out. Oh, wait a second. Drea doesn't like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So instead she decides to sit out. And I just, I couldn't help but think she's got to know there's something. If you sit out, she's got to know that, right? The trend now in survivor is always, if you're the odd one out, yeah. you've got, you've got something on your, um, on your side. I'm pretty she sure did, she, it, she did say on Twitter that she legitimately doesn't like peanut butter and jam, that's sandwiches, fair. but I agree with you. I think, but also that reward, he said peanut butter and jam and chips. If you're that hungry, I'm going just for the chips. Even that in itself is a reward. So I'm like, it had to be strategic. When you don't eat, food is food, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, so that happens. So Drea steps in for Marianne. Uh, Marianne talks about how, as with Marianne, as you expect with Marianne, if, if there's ever a chance she can give Drea a reward, she'll do it. Okay. All right, Marianne, we'll see. Just do it. Win a win a reward, and then we'll we'll get to that storyline. But we'll two teams: Jonathan, Chanel, Mike, Roxroy, Tori, versus Lindsay, Hi, Omar, Romeo, and Marianne. Just physically, that seems not to be quite even. Um, but I mean, we don't need to touch on the challenge too much. Early on, one of the biggest storylines I think coming out of it is that J the Jonathan versus Lindsay matchup was head to head neck to neck they were really that close was, Lindsay. that was incredible i was audibly yeah. cheering for Lindsay, being like yeah. holy yeah. crap she is crushing this challenge yeah. yeah yeah she she was and then they get to the the end after everyone is gone and you have to shoot those buoys like basketball style into the into the hoop or basket or whatever into the column i guess it is and omer hits four in a row and his side is up four they have four out of their five buoys through that column and uh, the other team has none of them. And immediately you're like, whoa, someone else is going to step up. Every, it, it, the storyline is there. Someone stepped up. They beat. Go oh, wait a second. No, they didn't beat him because Jonathan makes five in a row because, of course, he does. What a shocker. You know, what's interesting. 
when Jonathan went to switch, um, he told, cause Roxroy, I think had shot a couple of them, missed them. And Jonathan said, here's someone go in the water for me. Cause they're allowed to have two people in the water. I don't think anyone else went in the water for him. Cause oh, someone was already in there with him. I believe I'd have, maybe I have to go back and look, maybe I'm outdating myself here, but um, I believe you have two people in the water. Yes. And when Jonathan hit all five, no one, there was only one person in the water. No one switched with him. Hmm. Which could have been detrimental if he weren't. Except that he didn't, if he clutch. missed one. That much confidence in him. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. He really was, you, you can never count them out, I guess. And I felt bad for Omar because he's getting four. Yeah. Um, they were pretty positive later on, like yeah, about their, their run in it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Jonathan just keeps showing that he's able to be the difference maker well, in a challenge. Like, so he was waiting for that ball to get retrieved, right? And yep. immediately he looks over and I was like, big mistake. Like we've seen this like so many times where it's like, it's a mindset. It's a game. Mm -hmm. it, like he, he felt threatened then before it was like, Oh, I'm on a streak. I'm winning this. I've got such a lead. Go, go, go sink, sink, sink. And then he looks at Jonathan and it's like all those feelings of doubt probably crept in and sure enough, he couldn't make it. So it was that like leg that he had to wait for that ball. You should have just looked ahead. Like, don't look at what the other team's doing. Yeah. <laughs> what you got to do get your get your job done right i say it okay. i coach i coach youth sport and it's just get your job done let everyone else worry about their job but you get yeah. your job done and he yeah. he wasn't able to that being said it's it's jonathan hits it it's a reward challenge so it doesn't matter too much peanut butter and jelly is nice if you can lick the peanut butter and jelly off the paper like mike did after they finished i love the brown paper bag school school day lunch yeah um just such a good little such a funny little touch to it <laughs> Um, and this challenge yeah, was great, by the way. I just as a purely entertaining, fun, like camp themed game, I would, unless I'm confusing the two, this is the one where they go up and they jump off, right? And they, mm -hmm. the picturesque dive with, yeah, because that mm -hmm. diving in Jonathan and Lindsay, this picturesque shot, and then they go through and, and uh, she's neck and neck with him. But I was like, this would be really fun. Tori, you were, you, were you a lifeguard, I think, or is that your sister? Yeah, yeah. Look at that good memory going way back. Would you, how would you have done in a swimming challenge like this? And even in the water, because I think we talked last season, season 41, about they struggled in this challenge, the people in the water. They weren't retrieving the buoys, the balls right. very well. But yeah. uh, would you nominate yourself in, for a swimming challenge? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Could you beat, could you beat Lindsay or Jonathan? I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's high, high competition there. Yeah. But... And just the exhaustion, right? But the, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it was uh, it was pretty cool to see. And then, of course, while that is all happening, we have Drea sitting on the bench and trying to. I think she looks down and sees something. She see, she sees that it says "Beware Advantage," and then it pans to her kind of confessional. She's come to play. She's okay with the bewares. Uh, but Jeff, I wanted to backtrack just slightly for a second. Jeff had said that, like, I hope people find this. If not, I'll be kind of disappointed. You played Survivor at home, Tori. Are you always looking as a contestant, especially your first time there? Are you in every scenario looking for an idol? How did you do in Survivor Home? Because there were a lot of idols and advantages <laughs> uh, in that game. Uh, how did you approach that? Um, no, <laughs> I was not always looking. I was like overload with information. I, I was shocked. I was like, how do people find the time and not let it be known that they're 
I don't know, looking for some, I did find one idol. It was one that was hidden on the website and you had to answer like how much, how many pictures have water in it. Mm-hmm. So I was able to get that one at like a pretty um, clutch time where I needed it, but no, I was terrible at finding idols. Couldn't do it. <laughs> well, that's the thing we, when we're putting together survivor home, it's not like, I designate, okay, here's time where they're going to find idols and here's time where they're going to do a challenge and here's time where they're going to socialize and here's time where they can get up and use the bathroom when we play from seven till two 30 in the morning, two nights in a row, you do have to just fight that tension. And like, if you can find a moment and I, again, I haven't played, I think I would be paranoid of people thinking like, I'm going to look like just watching me and be like, what's Andrew doing is he's, he's looking around getting caught looking for an idol that would scare the crap out of me for sure. It was like if we were in triple play talking like I I thought that would be it would be more beneficial for me to just work on that social game and try to make those connections than to potentially be on the outs in terms of numbers because I was off looking for an idol like I thought truly the risk was just gonna not be worth it so that was a tough balance because in survivor at home season two there was someone who in our first tribe discussion looked like they weren't looking at their now i was searching for an idol in this moment too but i was looking at the screen that had my webcam on it so i was i was good but there was someone who looked like they were looking away and doing something else and i just kind of do a couple people called that out saying i think they were looking for an idol that person got voted out first right right who was that can you name and shame them that, name and shame them i'm sorry lisa but that was lisa she did vote for me in that tribal council but we voted out lisa in that moment right it turns out she wasn't the one looking for idols it was katie ironside who was looking and finding idols in that moment but um, <laughs> wow so this but, is a public <laughs> apology as well for... <laughs> uh, yeah a public apology to lisa but that it's the way it went it is well this connects really well too to what happens next with Dre getting back and finding the advantage she she reads it you have to go five paces somewhere from the well and look for a coconut and after a minute of looking she finds it and she reaches her hand and you guys have seen it and she puts her hand in the hole in the red paint uh she tries to wash it off and she gets she said like i feel like i'm on csi i have to cover this up before the detectives get here and she gets a knowledge is power advantage which i do want to talk about later if we have time huge advantage potentially a huge advantage in the game but my question is to you, as we saw on the show when she comes back, Tori asks her, she says, oh, are you, are you bleeding? Like a legitimate question because there's still, she missed some on there. What would you do if you were if literally, either literally that moment or a similar situation where someone called you out for something? Uh, Tori, how would you respond in that, if you were Dre in that situation? I mean, I would have gone with the blood. I, I think the paint was just a bogey. She panicked for sure. I think I would have, I mean, I obviously have had way more time to think about this than she has. Like she got put on the spot, but I would have been like, oh, maybe I like, oh shoot. I didn't realize I was bleeding and then walk away, go to the water and like get out of there. I don't know why she didn't go to the water first anyways. Like when she found that I was like, she was stressing me out. Cause I'm like, your hands are still covered in red. And yet you want to open this and read it now. I was like, what is this urgency to me? The urgency was to get cleaned up. So like hide that advantage, take it with you and go get all that red paint up. I don't know why she was, I mean, so, I mean obviously you're eager. You want to see what it is, but patience, you got to like deal with first thing first. The ocean is right, right. there. It's in <laughs> the know. background. They're I watching know. her take it out of the tube and the ocean is right oh. behind like 
20 meters away. Ridiculous. Can we not just go in, wash my hands? Oh, I was digging through the, I don't come up with an excuse, yeah. whatever you want to say. Like I dropped something in the, it, as I was using the water well, I dropped some water, but also <clears throat> dropped something in it. So my hands are muddy. So I want to clean those off. Whatever. The ocean's right there. Like endless amounts of water. And like, that was a decent amount of red that she had on herself. I'm like, did uh -huh. you not... Like I can understand maybe like a drip, but now like if you have to lie about a that's, cut, that's a substantial cut if you have to lie about it because that, that was like is, quite a smear of paint. Still having paint on your arm, that's a mistake. Mistake. It is. Yeah. It's, it's also, a mistake. This made me think about <laughs> attire. And I'm just like, okay, if I'm a girl and I'm going on there, I'm not going to wear spandex and a sports bra because where are you going to hide anything? Like, I'm like, get me a pair of cargo shorts. I'm always at all times wearing something baggy because even Tori said later on that she could see it in her shorts. I'm like, I don't, I just don't understand. I'm like, you've seen it enough times. What if you get in a scenario where you need to be discreet about something and you just have no option? Absolutely. <laughs> that is very well said. I know for a fact, people listening right now are cheering in their cars or wherever they are. When you just said that I've heard a lot of people, including my own wife, Steph say the same. So good on you, Tori, to point that out, uh, being a woman yourself and understanding that like that element of the game that you may not think about, but it's so vital and you're right so many of them don't do that you're like what are you thinking going out on the island anyway if i go on survivor i'm gonna like sew secret pockets into my clothes before i go so that way i could even be like check my pocket and it will be empty because it'll be a secret pocket <laughs> you gotta very go sneaky, prepared. very tony-esque of you <laughs> yes. tony tony would be very proud of that move. <laughs> that's awesome um jordan what about you like what would you say in that scenario where you're getting you get caught would you get up and leave like tori said like well one i would get up and leave but two i hope that i wouldn't put myself in that situation and actually just wash it off i think i would i would want to go with the the cut like the cut because the paint was just not a good excuse why is there paint what am i going to lie about the canvas is rolled up not been touched at all like if i just go with the paint maybe I every like I get everyone's attention, get some sympathy, chaos ensues, and I just go up, wash it off, and oh yeah, I'm good now. It was just like a little a little scrape or whatever. Like where'd that come from? That's weird. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like playing it off. It was interesting though too because remember last episode when they were guessing about what um what the what the exile advantage would be, and Drea happened to get it right where you could change time. And one of the questions that I kind of posed last week on the podcast was, does she even really remember saying that? Like she could have very well just said it and forgotten about it. And in this moment, Tori could have also just said, oh, what happened to your arm and forgot about it. But she didn't. She clearly didn't because we got her confessional to the side, proving that, no, I'm actually skeptical about this. Why does she have red paint on her arm? The canvas hasn't been touched. She wants to tell me it's paint. Something doesn't line up. What did she actually get? Did she find something? I'm going to go tell someone else. Now we're going to create a little bit of, of unsure around, uh, around Drea. It was like, it was good on that to know that it wasn't, this wasn't a one-off situation. She's skeptical of what Drea has and knows there's something going on, but just doesn't know what it is. It's these ripple effects. Like they talk about in yeah. the, in the hockey playoffs, how it takes two, big mistakes in a row for a goal to happen. That's just how tight the game is. And I think in Survivor, there's a similar thing where you got to play a game and it's going to take a mistake, maybe two in a row to get you voted out or get you caught. And she does get caught here. And you wonder if this is going to come back and bite her. She does tell Marianne, as you said, 
Um, and then, but Drea again is smart and she knows that Tori is on to her and she's like, I want to get Tori out as well, really setting us yeah. up for the challenge. But yeah. And Drea also knows like there's an option there where you just pull Tori aside and tell her. And Drea goes, no, every time I want to trust Tori, she tries to blindside me or get me out of the game. Uh, so that's not an option. I'm telling Tori actually what's happening and what she has. Yeah. Um, and then and, we get to, well, let me pause, let me pause there. Ooh. This feels like a good break. Unless Tori, do you have something else to say? I'm going to take a little break for the uh, audience question. I was just going to say about Drea's, um, like Tori finding out, she's got to tread lightly because Mike and Marianne know about the other idol, obviously, because they had to say that secret phrase. Mm -hmm. And then Lindsay and Hi know about her amulet. And now if Tori and Marianne know there's something else, like if all those pieces start to come together, it's like people are going to want like see her as a huge threat absolutely yeah she's really got a lot going for her with the advantages um well said yeah let's pause here another audience question this is from london steve and london steve actually sent in two questions tonight and we'll get to the other one later on but he asked a very uh, challenging question he said if you could go back and in the spirit of survivor smash the hourglass as it were change history rewrite real history and place Erica winner of season 41 back onto winners at war. Would you do it? And if so, who would you take out from the winners at war cast? Very good question. London, Steve, again, let me ask it again for those listening. So the question was, would you place Erica retroactively winner season 41 back into season 40 winners at war? If so, who would you take out? Okay. Uh, Tori, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, first of all, I, I don't think that I would put Erica in. I, I don't know. I just, some, I think that Erica had more luck than other winners to get to that point. So I don't know. Seeing her as like fighting against all these other survivor winners, I just... I don't know. One of the things that, that stuck out to me too, just the comparison of her on the beach. I know it was raining when she was like out to exile and smash the hourglass and everything. It was a rougher go for her, but to see like Roxroy in that, and that was just like the difference of player here. Like to me, Erica coasted a little bit and I didn't really get that impression that she was like a fighter to win. I don't know. I, I was voting for Xander that whole time. I thought that like I wanted him to win. I was surprised that she got as many votes as she did. So I wouldn't. However, if I were going to put her in, I think I would um, take Amber out. I love Amber. I love that her and Rob mm. are on there, but that's complicated being on there with a spouse. And I think in some ways that could have been like a detriment to both of them because they're seen as a bigger target because they're, they're, they're married. They're not going to vote each other out. So that's who I would replace, but I, I wouldn't put Erica in. Great take. Jordan? So this is a fun one. I also don't think I would put Erica in either. Um, I, I think that one, it's who would I take out that I'd want to see less than Erica? And just with the, it's funny because Tori mentions the dynamic of Amber. I don't think I would take Amber out only because of the interest for me of that dynamic. I would actually want to see, can they play through that? Can they play through a blood versus water type dynamic? Although I think there's an element that 
Amber won her season because she worked with Rob and Rob blindsided a lot of people. So no one wanted to vote for him in the end. And, and that really helped her win because the two of them were were joined together when she won. Um, I, I like don't, that little I, asterisk comment. But but yeah. but I I want to see that dynamic. It's like I it's a it's survivor, it's iconic in survivor history. So I actually want to see it, even though um like your skepticism is my interest in that situation. So I don't think I would put Amber in, but I would take the hourglass, smash it, and get Tommy from season 39 into season 40 and take out. I don't really know who I'd take out, maybe Nick Wilson. I'd take out from that season. He was just kind of a, a bland character, but I would I would hit the hourglass and take tommy out uh or bring tommy in from season 39 instead i like it i like more redheads andrew had to step away a little bit uh here but tori and i are going to continue on and we are going to hit our next audience question so tori um we have a question that came in here i actually don't know who it's from is this was sent straight to andrew um and i'm not sure it doesn't say who this is from but that's okay if you were in a reward challenge name one person from any season that you would want to be on your team, who's your first overall draft pick and why? Jonathan, <laughs> like hands down, no thought. I mean, I was just saying like, I, I only started tuning in at Winners at War. So my repertoire of people doesn't go back like a ton of episodes, but yeah, Jonathan, he's like killing everyone. I just, that would just be an obvious choice to me. So there's the first overall draft pick, the Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, Christine Sinclair of Survivor Challenges for yeah. sure. My second overall pick, uh, I will take Natalie Anderson um, from multiple seasons, but Survivor Winners at War, uh, the other person in the conversation of best athlete we've ever seen on Survivor, um, probably a little bit behind Jonathan, but not much realistically. She's um, a beast in these challenges. So she would be who I would, I would choose just one of the, the most athletic women we've ever seen in these challenges for sure. And one of the absolute best athletes, those are the two. Correct I, me I don't, he was voted out first in Winners at War, correct? Yes. Yeah, and then so came back in at the end. drive of that too, which was oh so impressive. Like, remember the coconut challenge where they yeah. had to retrieve them all and run them across and she oh, was just yeah. back and forth like no one yeah. else. And the logs too. Yeah, she um, just made it look easy. Like other people would be like sweating and it's just like, how is she doing this? <laughs> Yeah, good choice it's for sure. Unbelievable. So speaking of ch hard, difficult challenges, we go into the immunity challenge and right away, Jeff has broken the fourth wall and talks about um, the rice negotiation. And we, he reminds us from last season that we, um, uh, that he is going to negotiate, try to get six people to sit out, but he'll accept four and see what the survivors come in and they start to barter back and forth um, with him. If people sit out for it, they get a bag of rice, which lasts them. I believe he said enough for four days for all those survivors out there, which I mean, here rice for four days, I literally just made rice that'll last us two days here. And I can do it again in two days when I need to, but I guess it's not the same out on, uh, out on survivor, <laughs> uh, right? It's a little bit different. And so they start to negotiate and say, well, if two people sit out for the rice and Jeff's not taking that, they end up getting down to four and they need to pick four. Yeah. Drea says she'll sit out, which she's I mean, in a good spot. She yeah. knows it. Lindsay, Lindsay right away goes, I'm not going to be good at this challenge anyway. So I'll just sit out. Yeah. Fair reasoning. Yeah, fair. And then that leaves Marianne who um, gives an emotional speech as to why one, I don't think people pick this up. She gave an emotional, emotional speech as to why she didn't want to even sit out, but she'll do it for the team. Yeah. And she was pleading for two other people to take her spot. 
Yeah. Um, but they they did not step up. Two others didn't. One did. Omar steps up after uh, Marianne's emotional um, yeah. speech. And did you catch Marianne's little confessional on the side there? Oh yeah, when she was just like <laughs> emotion. She was just had them all played. What did she say? She was like, people say emotion is a weakness, but I'm using it as a weapon or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, right along those lines. I, I I think I wrote down the exact quote, which was, "People say you can't play this game on emotion, but look at me using emotions as a weapon." Oh yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, "Well played." Like I like to see her actually. I don't know, have some intention and some strategy, <laughs> regardless of what it was. Like I was like proud of her in that moment. And playing playing to her strengths she has this kind of available emotional availability of like galvanizing other people around a cause and yeah. and she hit she hit the right notes um especially on someone like omar she yeah. hit the right notes um so then you have to balance on a beam for this we've seen this challenge multiple times yeah. in survivor it's not brand new you have to balance on a beam you have a like a ball or a buoy and a couple of handles that you have to stick in mm -hmm. and hold that above the ground and basically just at some point it's going to collapse in your hands and and fall down and um it's always interesting a, a challenge where they've negotiated for people to sit out and within less than a second i think saying that he lasted three seconds is yeah. um is a bit generous for high drops immediately well, that would and be i just kind of so went brutal oh so man especially after other people just sat out i know like you're not the hero better. and you're the biggest loser <laughs> <laughs> that sucks and not like the tv show the biggest loser like no. you actually just are the first loser here exactly. so high drops it immediately rocks roy in a rare moment just kind of leans falls <laughs> off the beam um mic drops romeo yeah. drops that romeo dropping that's not that's not that shocking yeah. chanel tori and jonathan are the final three which yeah. i thought was interesting chanel drops out of nowhere jonathan versus tori and immediately it's like the storyline of this guy, he's always going to be here for immunity. He's going to win it. And then you've got Tori who, if Tori doesn't win this, she could get voted out right away. But if Jonathan doesn't win this, eventually someone's got to step up and go, yeah. can we just vote this guy out before he wins every immunity? Because that's coming at some point. And um, like Tori's becoming the David to this Goliath story. <laughs> she really, she really is like these yeah. individual immunities. She might not be the, the best asset in these like tribe challenges or group challenges, but the individual yeah. immunities have been perfect for her. She's got, uh, she's got the balance and strength that she needs. Yeah. If you look at her face, like, I feel like she's always just so in the game and, and she needs it the most, right? Like she's the one that's most desperate. Jonathan doesn't really need it. And we've seen this like again and again, but she's fighting for it. I also noticed though, she, her positioning I thought was better. She had like more of like the sticks that she was using to hold that up were more vertical. Whereas everyone else was kind of like more in a horizontal position. And I thought that was really interesting. She seemed like she didn't have to like use as much strength to keep mm. the ball up. I don't know. I just, yeah. If you're pushing them, I wonder if that's like easier on your, your shoulders and yeah. other muscle groups that you're using. If you're pushing it up and in versus just straight across and in, cause yeah. that's only like defining one group of using one group of muscles versus up and in is a little bit more stable and supportive. I did notice that as well. And was wondering if that, I wasn't sure if that would be easier, but clearly it worked out for her and, um, and big Goliath, Jonathan ends up <laughs> dropping it. Tori wins an immunity. And here we go again. It could have been a straightforward vote, even though we know it wasn't going to be. Um, yeah. And it's not going to, it's not going to be a straightforward vote. No. Tori's in Tori's safe and anyone else can be voted out. So that'll be fun. Yeah. She, um, the David versus the David to <laughs> Jonathan's Goliath. There's a, there's a fun one for us. Yeah.
I think um, she's taking the spotlight off of him a little bit. So that could be actually, I know that Jonathan wants her out. I believe he does anyway. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, just he's, people probably expected him to just take home all these immunity aisles, but, but she's given him a run for his money for sure. So. Yeah. And so they get back to camp. And one of the things I like is immediately there's kind of this just agreeance that those who sat out aren't going to be voted out specifically Marianne mm -hmm. who gave her gave her speech and she's not going to be voted out um Marianne kind of fits as a secondary target but Mike and High want Chanel out we know Mike's attitude which is she betrayed me she doesn't want to work with me she's not loyal to me so what's the point on keeping her around which I love it it's very old school yeah um very much so but he's working it in a way that plays like well with this crowd and well with this new school style of play and man i we could talk all day about how great mike has done and, and high's right there with him because she chanel proved she didn't want to work with high either right. um earlier on and was was looking to blindside lydia which was blindsiding high earlier even though high just voted out lydia but we don't need to yeah <laughs> we don't need to talk about that topic again that's that's come up enough yeah um, uh she's been she's been super unloyal to them so they're ready to go um, and they're going to tell Chanel, this is the setup. They're going to tell Chanel to vote Romeo mm -hmm. and dating back to earlier in the episode, Chanel realizes I could be in trouble, but she wants to play it cool and not stir a panic. Um, not look like she's trying to do too much and just play it cool. Meanwhile, Romeo starts to panic immediately. My thought is dude, don't get yourself voted out here. I know you don't know that you're safe, but you're safe and don't get yourself voted out. Um, yeah. Like the panic, the panicking is it's crazy how many times you can even think we were talking about survive during the break. Uh, Tori and I were talking about Survivor season 40, and it was a great season. But someone like Danny Boatwright panicked and got herself voted out, yeah, right yeah. early on in the season. It doesn't happen that often anymore, but you start to panic, you're gonna get yourself voted out pretty straightforward here. Be calm, and like even it was interesting because like high saw that he was panicking and then was like okay let's switch it but i also feel like mike was a little bit annoyed with high because it was just like what are you panicking for just because he's panicking don't you panic as well it was like i wonder if mike was getting a little bit annoyed with high and just like high kind of taking the lead on sort of switching that narrative i was like i don't think that's a good move right now i think you just need to play it cool get the person who you said you were going to get out and also stop I don't know, like changing your mind. Yeah. And then high changes mind. Omer's on his side. He starts to kind of rally the numbers yeah. and he just starts to assume that, oh yeah, this person will vote with us. This person will vote with us. Um, high realizes Romeo's dangerous. And then Mike just puts his foot in the ground and goes, <laughs> no. no, we want yeah. Chanel gone. We've talked about this for a week and a half, yeah. probably maybe yeah. longer this is who we want out. What are we doing? Why are we switching? Just kind of that like fatherly, that's what he is. He's yeah. fatherly out there for sure. Yeah. Voice of reason saying, no, no, no. Focus your thoughts. Yep. This is what we want to do. Don't be emotional. <laughs> yes. Don't be emotional about this. It's simple. It's straightforward. Yeah. We want Chanel out. Let's stick with that. Yeah. Jonathan, are you with me? Who's totally. with me here? And also it's part of the, um, I talked about this with alliances more than, than just your idea of who you want to vote out, but like, don't compromise too much in survivor. As soon as you start to compromise on what you want to do, that means that what you don't want to do is happening. 
Yeah, it's tricky though. It's like even that conversation they had about who's in the driver's seat and who's not. And one mm -hmm. of the things that I remember back from like Shan is she couldn't let things go. Like you have to know when um, a decision that's being made by the group is actually okay, because guess what? Your name is still not on that ballot. Right. So there's a time where I think you you shouldn't dig your heels in. But this was smart because um, they talked about it later. But had they voted for Romeo to get out, that that could have ruffled feathers with Rocks because of their initial reliance alliance. Because mm -hmm. I know it was like Drea, Rocks, Roy, and Romeo. So Drea is obviously done with Romeo. I get that, but we don't really know what Rocks Roy's opinion on that is. So if you just are burning bridges then without consulting the group, like that could potentially ruffle feathers. So just to flip a switch, I think it was wise to not to do that yeah to not no you had like you want to go path of least, least resistance or you want to go just with the consensus what's going to hurt the least amount of people while still furthering your game along and blindsiding romeo just it didn't there were there were more people who would have felt blindsided or hurt by that yeah. or like it wasn't best for their game versus chanel she didn't have anyone that was fighting in her corner at yeah. all yeah. And yeah. it just made it an easy, easier vote. It's too bad because I thought Chanel was someone who could have made those connections, but that uh that vote way back with Daniel where he found a way to blindside everybody on his tribe. Really <laughs> that, yeah. the most incredible moment I've seen on Survivor in a long time. Yeah. Blindsiding everybody on your tribe. Um and <laughs> getting blindsided yourself. I wish I could hear a little bit more of Chanel's thoughts through this because I feel yeah. like she hasn't really had um, a ton of airtime to really get her perspective on things. So I, I that's one thing that I, I would yeah. hope to, to learn. It was interesting though, the way that the votes broke down because Omar's talking this big game, like, oh, you know, like I got, I'm, I'm with everybody. Like everyone's stopping yeah. me, but he voted for Romeo. And so my thought was, was that something that was intentional in case mm. a shot in the dark was played or in case there was an idol or was that him being on the wrong side of the votes and not Ooh. knowing what his um alliance was was doing i'm curious Ooh, that's an interesting because he he told us he played the card of like um because he didn't have a vote last time he everyone that he voted the wrong way and was on the wrong side of the votes but yeah him voting for romeo here is interesting i don't know yeah. I don't know if that's him voting wrong or yeah, the shot in the dark uh, or if he got left out or just because that was they said that was 30 minutes before tribal council that they tried to switch the vote to Romeo instead of yeah uh, instead of Chanel and it didn't end up working out. So it could have been that he just didn't get told that, you know what, the tribe has spoken in terms of Mike, Jonathan and High, and they're not going to switch their vote in the end. High did end up voting for Chanel, right? In the vote breakdown, I didn't actually look at that. I voted for R Romeo. Oh no! Oh hi! Sorry, sorry, no, no. Yeah, High voted for Chanel. Yeah. Romeo voted for High. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, Romeo voted. So another person who was left completely out, but that's pretty irrelevant at this point. But yeah, yeah. So just those three, the, the decisions are going through those three, and the last conversation we saw from them as well. I don't know if everyone caught this or not, but they talked. About, Mike said, "Fine, like this is final three. They want to go together all the way to the end." Jonathan, Mike, and High. Um, I don't think High's gonna last that long. I don't think so either. I think, I think that he be he's been forced to play hard too early, right? Yeah. 
And I think that's, that's something Shan was forced to do that. Ricard was forced to do that. Deshaun as well. Maybe not Deshaun might not have been forced to do that, but he had to do that as well. Play hard early. And that's who got voted out and someone who can kind of sneak by, steal it at the end um, can, uh, can end up winning that. So that, but that final three is really interesting. I I agree with you. I don't know if high can, can go that far with them, but I don't even know if Jonathan can go that far with them because eventually someone's got to step in unless he's going to win every immunity challenge the rest of the way. I'm um, so curious how this shakes down with that little teaser they put out about like, oh yeah, let's have this like guys alliance because I'm like, I don't know. I just want to know what's going to happen because I'm looking at the girls, right? I'm like, Drea, yeah. she's like got a ton of stuff. Marianne's got an idol. Tori seems unstoppable for winning idols. And the next season, they're, sorry, the next episode, two people win right so i'm like maybe let's like root for tori and Lindsay to win and then all of the girls have idols and so, not that i'm like girls versus yeah. guys it's just that the guys put that out there first so yes. it's comical to me if the girls if became untouchable <laughs> so the other thing is well let's get let's actually get to next episode in in a couple of moments here let's go through tribal council and let's talk about the teaser for next episode okay. I, have some, Sorry, I have some thoughts on that help. no all good all good no it's good it's, it's great thoughts i love okay. it I love it. So Tori needs to, Tori wants to go with the group. She just wants to be on the right. Did she end up, you have the vote breakdown in front of you. Did she end up being on the right side of the votes here? Tori voted for Chanel with everyone else. Okay. So she, she was on the right side of the votes, um, which is what she, which is all she wanted. I just want to be in the majority, get in the consensus. Um, There was a lot of talking about how there's a group and everyone wants to be in agreement and then realizing, well, not everyone can be in agreement. First of all, someone is getting voted out. So someone is not in agreement with everyone else. And two, there's just no way that this vote is going to be nine to one or yeah. 10. I think it's, yeah, I think it's nine. There's no way this vote's going to be nine to one. That, that can't happen. Um, you're not at a point. We're at a point in survivor where there's going to be people throwing votes other ways on purpose or not. Um, they're going to be throwing votes other ways. Drea talks about aligning with people, but then what they do might be detrimental uh, to your own game even though you've aligned with someone they, they could hurt your own game and immediately the camera just throws romeo in the background like dun 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 look who it that's is what he's talking about <laughs> that's she's talking about you she's talking about that's you awesome. <laughs> uh, and then we hop onto this great car analogy where are you the driver are you the front seat passenger are you a back seat passenger who do you want to be um was it high who said uh, you need to let you need to know when to let someone else drive and if you can't figure that out you better be wearing a seatbelt. Mm-hmm. interesting comment um mm-hmm. the driver is typically in survivor the one that gets cut out first um that's whoever wants to go after is the driver um sometimes if you can't get to the driver you go to the passenger but um but yeah it was, yeah. An, it was an interesting thing of who do you want to be in this analogy of a car who do you want to be where do you want to be sitting in this car and marianne just feels like she's not even in the car just kind of dragging along Lindsay said it best though like she, i thought she had it bang on it was just like that that answer is a constant moving target like you have to be able to Mm-hmm. step aside when you're able to like again like what shan i felt didn't do right she just wanted to be in that driver's seat she had a really hard time going over to the passenger side yeah. so i think that was like a good point that Lindsay said it was just like you really do just you can't be you can't be too passive but you can't be too assertive so there's moments yeah. for both yep yep i actually think like looking back that's something that i did when i played survivor at home one season this 
I won a season and I did that really well, I thought. And like, there were moments where I sat back and my Alliance did a lot of the work with me. There were other moments where I had to make my move. Um, in the second season I played, I didn't do that well. And like personally, and also in a, another version of Survivor, which I teased just a little bit, every time I didn't do that well. I, I tried to be the driver or the front seat passenger the whole time and never sitting back in it. it I think retrospectively, it, it hurt me, but I don't want to admit that. Um, so the vote the votes come out. There's one vote for high, which we've determined is Romeo's vote yeah. um, for high, which is fine because we didn't expect him to be involved with the vote anyways. Um, Chanel gets voted out. I don't know if I'm surprised that she didn't play her shot in the dark. I'm still working through that. Am I surprised that she didn't play it? Or is it not that shocking that she didn't play it? She doesn't have an idol. She doesn't have an advantage. I think there was just she... much weight on the value of her vote, right? When you don't know how this is actually going to break down and mm -hmm. you're hearing more than one name thrown out, you really have to like contemplate like, wait, yeah. is this going to be like a tie close to a tie situation? Are they splitting it in case like Romeo does? Or I like, I don't know. It's just, your vote what, could be losing that vote could be detrimental. See, what I love about this is my position is always like your vote is so important. And just now, I for the like one of the first times I bring up, I'm surprised someone didn't play their shot in the dark, and the immediate response is no, your vote's important. Like that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, yes, yes, that is that is what I normally share is my opinion. You're reminding me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for getting me back on track here. Yes, your vote. Really back in? No, no, no. Yes, 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 no. Right. This is the right. <laughs> way yes your yeah. vote no i totally agree your vote is super important and um and yeah i probably shouldn't have gone down that tangent <laughs> i mean at this, it didn't matter this time because it didn't there was way too many votes going her way anyway yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Mike did it. He got Chanel out. Um, she crossed him. Don't do that. Don't cross <laughs> Don't Mike in this cross game. Mike. Do not do that. You're going out. Daniel, Chanel, um, she is not happy as well. Everyone wants to give her the little, we love you, Chanel. Bye, Chanel. Great. Not even no. close. She is not happy. I also yeah. wrote a note beside that saying, like, of course. Yeah. Why, why would she be? I know. Like, you have to let that dust settle afterwards. Like yeah. even who was it that got voted out? I don't remember. Maybe John Wani. He was like freaking out. How did he lose? I forget. He, it was the wheel of death that got him out. And he was like, there was someone, I think he was like super mad. I mean, everyone's mad when you get voted out. You can't just like flip a switch and then be like all butterflies. You got to like Okay, it's remind yourself like an hour later. It's it's just a game. <laughs> it's just a game. Just a game. We're gonna get through it. Yeah. He, um, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I would be like, I totally understand her being upset. Like that would I yeah. I totally imagine myself being that person who's just, I don't wanna, I don't wanna talk to you right now. You just voted me out. I'm yep. mad at all of you. Even those who didn't vote for me told me they weren't gonna weren't gonna vote for me and didn't yeah. vote for me. I'm still mad at you all. I don't care. Yeah. Um, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. Yeah. Um, on that so we want we you teased it earlier we wanted to talk about next episode two immunity idols yeah um uh at the immunity challenge and two people going out my assumption is it's the same as last season when you had two separate tribal councils i don't remember that okay you don't remember okay so they did this is this was probably the closest moment to erica getting voted out that season um there were two separate tribal councils so they the players were split the into two groups of how many are left? 10 are left. So two okay. groups of five. Yeah. Um, one person in each group is going to have immunity. Everyone yep. else is going to 
uh, be eligible to be voted out, but you're only voting in your block and they go to separate beaches. Um, this is where Nasir got voted out with an idol in his pocket oh, and yeah. you can't communicate with the right. other side at all. So you have no idea what's going to happen yeah. from the other, the other group of people. And you just hope that the people you are matched with um, are going to keep you around. Right. They always just have to throw like another wrench, right? Like you exactly. strategize like all together who yeah. you want off and then sure enough the two people you want off are on the same group so then you have to think of someone yeah. else like they always i don't know exactly right like you can you can only get one person from your from the other that's my assumption is what it's going to be it's going to be a version of that with this season we've seen a lot where they try to switch something up so maybe yeah. they will switch something up um within this within this tribal council but i think it's going to be two separate groups voting yeah. um in small tribes we'll call it with air quotes around it that's what i think is going to happen for this right. episode and um which will yeah. be really interesting depending on the breakdown of that like if that does happen um if you happen to get all these sort of like outliers of people together like if like romeo marianne tori um mm -hmm. i don't know like them all get on one tribe all of a sudden they could have majority right like they have they have the power can use right. it and what will that mean moving forward as well because if you're talking about if you any two combination of people can be voted out and what if it's you know what if it's two strong players what if a i don't even want to throw his name out what if a jonathan gets voted out and a um and a high gets voted on on the other side the whole game is flipped the whole game right so even one of those two going out the whole game is flipped especially someone like high really yeah. changes the game because he's kind of the driver right now strategy wise on what's going on out there no mike well if mike is too mike gets voted out that's a game changer because he no. is the one like uniting everyone and being like oh we need this like guys like alliance all that stuff i think high's too scrambly i don't i don't know he did have his panic moment here and mike was not moment. a fan but yeah. like, but he like wants to think that's crazy. Yeah. He's like the numbers thinking Mike's not yeah. thinking like chess pieces. He's just yeah. going, we're working together. We're a team. Yeah. We're moving forward versus high's a little more. Yeah. He's playing. Yeah. He's playing checkers, <laughs> but it's like aggressive group checkers versus yeah. high is um, high's got your high's moving everyone around the board a little bit on how he wants to do it. Yeah. Omer as well. Like Omer, I don't, there's just, there's so many good options on who could get know. voted out. It really just good. could shake up the game in a way that yeah. we, yeah, we'll, we'll see right. a definite pivot from this moment. Yeah. And someone like Drea has so much power in a situation like that. She's got her, she's got extra votes. She's got yeah. knowledge is power. And she actually knows where idols are. She's, she's got a ton going on. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask about that actually, because I was like thinking of like the way that she could steal something from someone. And I'm like, okay, so she, she kind of mentioned, I think that obviously Mike and Marianne have an idol that she could just steal. And then she has an idol, which is obviously the best thing, but can she steal the emulet? Like, how does that work? Oh, that's an interesting question. Because my I... thought was like, if you steal that from someone, does that all of a sudden get like ramped up to the next level? Or, or is it just the person that has to get out? And then oh, I was like, could she take man. it from high and then like vote out Lindsay or vice versa? Like take it from Lindsay and then vote out high. And then all of a sudden she has more power. Like, I'm like, how does this work? I have to, I, I don't know this at all. Obviously I would have to assume the amulet is non-transferable. Hmm. 
because the rules of the amulet state that when there's one left in the game, it becomes a hidden immunity idol. But if you steal one and then you have two, does that count as one or two? Okay, so like, let's say hypothetical situation. Let's yeah. say that it breaks down into two tribal councils. So you've mm -hmm. got a group of, what will it be, like five five per tribal council? I think, it, I think there's 10 people left. There's 10 okay. players left. So five people per tribal council. What if she uses that advantage to take the amulet from someone that she's in a group of five with and then uses her extra vote to get them out? Like there could be something crazy like that where she's just like stolen it or I don't know. Yeah, I think, see, I think if I'm, I think if I'm Drea, the best time to use knowledge's power is mm -hmm. to take something and use it right away. Yes. So, yeah, so take, true. like, if your knowledge's power, let's say you get wind that someone you want to work with is going to get voted out and you have immunity already, take the idol from someone, give it to that person, use it right there, and then that's yeah. you win that tribal council i think that's the best or use it on yourself i think right. that's the best way to use it because then like, it. yeah yeah you can't take it and hold it like we learned that even in survivor at home bryson shout out bryson found an idol at tribal council then everyone knew that he yeah. had it right yeah. so i think i think that's the best way to use that one but it's an inter interesting discussion i really think the amulet should be non-transferable because it's about if someone gets voted out the amulet gets stronger yeah and like even if she did steal it from someone you have to vote them out then because like let's say she steals yeah. it from high and then he stays i'm pissed and i'm telling yeah. everyone <laughs> yeah yeah exactly right and the amulet people have done really well that there's another dynamic yeah at least two people with the amulet are going to be if we're assuming this is how the next vote is going to shake down where it's two groups of five yeah guaranteed at least two people are going to be on the same tribe yeah Right. And if all three are on, that would be fun because maybe they use the amulet. No, they wouldn't because they would be majority if there was three of them. So yeah. man, I, that's the fun part. The amulet, because I'm like, okay, right now they have an extra vote. If they use that, what happens? Is it gone? It's gone. It's gone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So at any point they can use it, but the longer that they stay yes. without, okay, got it. it and my understanding is that that is one extra vote for yeah. like the group gets one extra vote, not three x not one extra vote each okay and then the second round is that the twosome that's left they both get to vote they steal someone's vote they get they get so one steal a vote between the two of them so they would have to agree on who they're voting for exactly okay. exactly yeah so this is where the fun dynamic if two people with the aim like get put on the same tribe they ha one of them has to vote the other one out wait if two people are on the so same so tribe. if you have two people in this in this next vote where we're yeah. assuming it's five and five. Yeah. At least two people with an amulet are going to be in the same group. And yeah. so my opinion is if I'm Drea has the amulet, if I'm Drea and I'm with high, I want to vote out high because it gets the amulet more power and I can't use it anyways in that tribal council because I don't have all three. So what's the point? Right. So instead you vote them out. Oh, it's, I oh, love this. You amulet. have to think about like, I don't know how that's going to like translate to Lindsay if she's left and she's like, oh, Andrea got him out. And like, do they unite at that point or are they like threatened? There's just so uh, Steal a vote is a lot more powerful than an extra vote. I know. That's oh, true. Man. Oh, no, it's so it's, good. It's I just love it's so good. <laughs> okay. So we've rambled on without our <laughs> beloved co-host, Andrew Ironside. Tori, I got a question for you, which I know Andrew would love, uh, always wants to ask. 
would you be interested in one sharing about this, but two, would you play another season of Survivor at home? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I would just have to, cause it was, it was so much fun. I had like a doozy last time. I was like, I ended up getting COVID when I played and just felt like miserable the whole time. So it'd be nice to actually play and feel like healthy. <laughs> I mean, the, the four o'clock in the morning or two or three or whatever time it was, was enough, but yeah, that was a doozy. So no, it was a blast. I had so much fun. So I think, yes, why not? Right. Yes. That's what we like to hear. Be Come back as a returning player, have new players upset with you because you already know how the game works, even though it's so chaotic that you don't actually, but it's okay. We can do it. Oh, it's so good. It is so good. So uh, Tori, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I know we had a little bit of a break here in the middle, but this has been fantastic. A great episode. And um, this season has been so much fun to, to break down. We get to know these characters, uh, these uh, contestants so well. And um, and I'm excited to see how this season shapes out. Do you have a winner pick? I don't know if we already, oh yeah, we already talked about that at the beginning, right? Well, but yeah, do you have a winner pick? I gave like five different Yeah, you did. You did give a couple. Really That's true. Give like a good answer. Oh man. I think I'm going to go with Mike. Nice. It's, it's a toss up for me between Mike and Lindsay. I don't know. I know Dre has got all that power, but I'll go with Mike. Go with my okay. There it is on record, everybody. <laughs> Tori has chosen Mike to win this season, so we'll see. He'll probably get voted out next episode or something after that. Um, we'll see how that goes. We want to thank you for listening to Survivor at Home, the podcast. This has been episode eight. We are so thankful that, um, when this podcast gets released, we're going to hit 2,000 unique listens um, over the course of the podcast. It's been awesome. You can find us on Twitter at Survivor at Home, you can find myself at Jordan Timpson. At Ironside Andrew, for other for Andrew, our co-host, we have had a phenomenal time running this podcast. We are looking forward to next week, Survivor 42, Episode 9. We will break it down here, and you'll get to listen to it. Thank you, and talk to everyone next week. Bye.